It's time for Around the Ozark Sports Scene with Scott Perrier. Now here's your host, Scott Perrier. Welcome to Around the Ozark Sports Scene. I'm Scott Perrier, and we are talking local and national sports here on our weekly podcast. So let's get to it with our weekly recap and our look ahead of the area sports scene, brought to you by your business name here. We're taking sponsorships, so get in touch with the fine folks here at Midwest Family or reach out to me. We'd love to have you be a part of Around the Ozark Sports Scene, where each week we'll have a pertinent guest on and talk uh, local, regional, national sports, you name it, we'll probably cover it on here. So kind of looking uh, back and looking ahead with the uh, sports scene this week. Of course, high school football playoffs are here starting uh, this Friday around the Ozarks. Uh, District play is underway. A lot of the top teams will have a bye this week, but the others will play for the right to survive in advance. That's kind of the name of the game now with high school football is you play, you live another day if you win, and you go on from there. Um, We're going to talk a lot more about that here in a few minutes with Chris Parker, the guru of high school sports coverage with the Ozark Sports Zone. But... uh, Kind of looking back, a uh, good weekend for Missouri State Bears football. They took care of business uh, at home on homecoming against Murray State with a 28-24 win to get to 3-4 and four in the season. Looking now to get back to that 500 mark at 4-4. Four and four. They've got a big test at number 24, Youngstown State, this weekend. So a uh, good chance for the Bears and, and Coach Ryan Beer to get back to even ground on the season uh, in an always tough Valley Conference. Uh, not going to be easy down the stretch, but... Big accomplishment if you can get back to 4-4 four and four at this point. Evangel, they continue their role. They're now 8-0 on the year, number 12 nationally in the NAIA Top 25. They beat number 25 friends 20-11 to last week. Uh, Coach Chuck Heppel's team uh, continuing to uh, roll on and, and play very well. The Valor at McPherson this Saturday in KCIC uh, conference play there. So uh, Evangel continues their role. Another good day for the Missouri Tigers at home as they thump South Carolina 34-12. to uh, Mizzou now 7-1, and their best start in many years. Uh, Eli Drinkowitz has got them playing well and, and making believers out of a lot of people uh, on the national level at this point now. They have the weekend off. Uh, they've got a big test uh, on November 4th when they visit number 1 Georgia, a game that I think we'll learn a lot more about both programs. Uh, are the Tigers for real and – is this Georgia Bulldog team as good as the uh, the team that's won uh, back-to-back national champions and, and maintained that uh, top-five status uh, throughout this year, and unbeaten as well. So we'll see what happens on November 4th uh, down in Athens, Georgia. Uh, miserable uh, weekend for the Arkansas Razorbacks and their fans. If you watch this game, uh, congratulations, especially if you did not fall asleep at any point during it. Uh, the Razorbacks fell 7-3 to at home to Mississippi State. Uh, a game that basically got their offensive coordinator, uh, Dan Enos, uh, fired as uh, Sam Pittman just had to do it over the weekend, get rid of him uh, a day later, make some changes, try to get this offense out of its slumber. Uh, Pittman, by the way, is still on a hot seat, a very hot seat, I would think, at this point, as the Razorbacks are 2-6 and six and have lost six in a row. Uh, they are off this weekend, kind of a chance to lick their wounds before they head down to Gainesville to play Florida on November 4th as well. And lastly, uh, the Chiefs, uh, they keep rolling. They beat the Chargers 31-17 to on Sunday. Um, about time this defense starts getting some of the recognition it deserves. I mean, they're holding everybody under 20 points. They're coming up with the key takeaways when they need to. And while Patrick Mahomes has not been um, maybe the Patrick Mahomes of the past few years, a uh, four-touchdown effort uh, on Sunday kind of showed that 
you know, he gets uh, settled in with some of his weapons. They bring McCole Hardman back at receiver. That's going to be a plus, I think, for the Chiefs, and they continue rolling. So uh, Chiefs are at Denver this weekend. Uh, on the surface, looks like it should be a, a fairly easy Kansas City win. It's, the Broncos' defense is terrible. Their offense has trouble uh, finding the end zone uh, consistently, so the Chiefs uh, could continue rolling on uh, in an AFC West that they pretty much locked up already now, just trying to get to the finish line there. You know, back in the day, there was a newspaper that you could wake up the next morning and check the scores on everything, uh, whether it was a volleyball match or soccer match or football game or golf tournament, whatever. Well, those days are gone. And now uh, when I need to find out stuff, I usually go to the Ozark Sports Zone website and see their content because that's basically the most comprehensive place I can find uh, things on, on high school sports in the area. Um, the guy that is the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain for that, so to speak, uh, Chris Parker, is my guest this week. Chris, thanks for joining me. Oh, I appreciate you having me. Glad to be on. You betcha. Yeah, I think we need to come up with, you know, I think that we've got maybe on Siri or Amazon Alexa or something um, where Ron Hurst gives a forecast, you know, when prompted. I want a Ask Parker uh, for the scores each morning, if I can do that. You think we can come up with that and get get Brian McDonough to foot the bill? Oh, I'll have to go uh, talk to him and see what he thinks. What see what he thinks about it. Well, how challenging is this for you guys? Uh, before we get into some content here, just on the scheduling uh, each week and knowing where to send who and all that. When do you do that, and, and how much time do you spend on that? It's pretty much how I spend my Thursdays for the following week. I kind of look at what's going on and what are what lines up for the big games and things like that. And then once you get into districts, you're just at the mercy of who wins and when they're going to play. So, for example, I know um, that there's going to be Thursday volleyball games this week, and we're two days away from that, but there's a couple of them that I don't know who the teams are going to be yet um, because they play their districts tonight. So it's you try to get you try to get ahead as much as you can, but at this time of year you're you're living day by day. I mean, we got state softball this weekend, so either uh, Marion Sierra is going to play both their games on Friday, or if they win their first one on Friday, they play on Saturday, and then you got to deal with the rain. So as much as you try to plan, there's just only so much you can do. Adapt and react to everything, right? Basically, is what you what but, you got to do on your on your toes there. So, well, again, I I love having you on because we can talk about all sports and and kind of. You know, those sports fans out there, like I mentioned, that you were used to getting it all in print, um, doesn't happen anymore now. So you got to have somebody kind of say, if I could get a summary of everything going on, who would it be? That's when I turn to Chris Parker. And, of course, big news in the last couple weeks was uh, some conference realignment, kind of starting to look like the colleges now with people on the move there. But the uh, formation of the Ozark Mountain Conference was a big, uh, big announcement. Since then, we've seen Parkview and Hillcrest be invited to join uh, – the league. We've seen Glendale and Kickapoo invited to leave the Ozark Conference and join the COC. How does all this shake down, and, and what are your thoughts to this point on what's happened? Well, we first off, we should get some clarity uh, sometime in the next two days. Now, Parkview and Hillcrest were not invited to the Ozark Mountain Con- uh, Conference. They have petitioned to become Okay, okay. And so is, that, is that a formality, be- you think, or, or what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, nothing's a formality until it's final. Um, not not the way everything has gone. Um, Neosho, for example, uh, put out a uh, 
uh, released to their community on voting on whether they should look at because the Ozark Mountain Conference did reach out to Neosho and uh, they put out some of their community to say, would you, what do you guys think? Should we join this conference or stay in the COC? And came back about 36 hours later and said they're staying in the COC. So just because someone has been asked or is asking to does not mean um, really anything at this point. Um, so it's there, there, there's still uncertainty there because you can't imagine that they're going to – I was surprised that all – that the SPS might divide up their schools, um, but th- that seems to be something they're okay with doing. But um, I think a lot depends on what the Ozark Mountain Conference says on kind of the future of the rest of the alignment. For, from a competitive balance standpoint, isn't it best for Hillcrest and Parkview to, to maybe get in another league like that? Because, I mean, it, it can't be fun for those kids and the numbers – probably show it when you know and we're based on football we know things are different in in basketball and other sports baseball things like that but that can't be fun for those kids in football right now the way it is yeah and they're both they're both working on building and i will say this in relation to like i watched hillcrest and park do this last week saw some good things hillcrest played camdenton within a possession or two for like three quarters a couple weeks ago so they're, they're building there but in terms of looking at similarly sized competition I, I mean, Parkview, Parkview is a little bit smaller, and Hillcrest is a Class 4 school, so the Ozark Mountain Conference, for size-wise, um, makes a lot more sense than, say, going to the COC, where um, I mean, Kickapoo and Glendale are just larger schools. They're Class 4 soccer schools. Glendale is I mean, Kickapoo solidly a Class 6 football school, and then even look down and kind of why the, some of the other schools made the decisions. Ozark, Nixa, they're Class 6 schools. Even Waynesville's Class 6 schools and Joplin. Uh, so it does make a lot more sense. Uh, especially when you're talking about a physical sport like football where numbers matter. I mean, there's a reason why on the basketball court we can have the blue and gold where Crane plays Kickapoo, but you really can't do it where Skyline plays Kickapoo on the football field. It's a safety issue. There's just more numbers, and it, it, that, that's what it comes down to. So I think from a numbers standpoint, it makes a lot of sense making that move for football. Absolutely, and and same token, Kickapoo and Glendale to the COC, that seems to make good sense as well. Yeah, they're they're natural fits uh, in every sense, size wise, geographic wise, um, quality of uh, the overall athletic programs. I mean, we, I know we look at this from football, but just imagine that conference in baseball. I mean, there's it, it, insane from top to bottom. Um, and you know, over the last couple of years, with how we've seen how enrollments have developed amongst all the schools, the, in kind of the trends, I, it makes a lot of sense for them to go there. And I think they're a really really good fit. And I I think the CSC that's why. They were proactive and invited instead of reacting. You know, this is kind of like the choosing your team on the playground, though, too, that somebody's going to get left out and have hurt feelings. Who are some of those teams right now that are watching from the sideline going, well, what are we going to do if uh, if the OC falls apart, and what happens to them? Well, right now, you're if you're, you're Lebanon, Camden, Waynesville, and Rolla, um, the four teams to the north, um, you're just waiting to see what happens. Uh, uh, there's, it's entirely possible the OC stays together with eight teams um, as we talk right now. Um, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of possibilities here, but for those four, the problem. I haven't talked to any of the ads or superintendents up there yet, but they've got to be kind of starting to look around and where can we go? Because all of this is driven by football, in my opinion. You can fill out a basketball schedule non-conference because you don't have to play every Friday night. You can play, like, if we don't have something on Friday, we can play on Thursday, we can play on Saturday. It's pretty easy to move that around. But for football, 
you have to fill out a nine-week schedule that plays once a week on either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. And then if you don't have that full of, like right now, the OC, the COC, and the Big 8 were all closed conferences. They didn't have to worry about scheduling non-con. You take, for example, once you get into where you're having to schedule non-conference, Battle in Columbia played uh, Wichita High School from Wichita, Kansas, in Kansas City to be able to fill out their schedule because there just wasn't available in Missouri for the week they needed at the competition level they were looking for. Uh, so yeah, we're I mean we're less than a we're ten months out from the start of the next football season, and teams got to get their football schedule set. Uh, you got to start playing matchmaker and seeing what schools are the size and the quality that you can play and make it a competition. So uh, that that's the biggest thing hanging out here is if the OC did go away, that's potentially four games that. Lebanon, Rollo, Waynesville, Kansas, and are losing off of their schedule, and they've got to fill out those four on pretty short notice. Do you think the COC uh, might sniff around Lebanon and Camden in particular and, and not be done with maybe Glendale and Kickapoo? I haven't heard um, one way or the other on any of it for sure. Uh, just my opinion. Uh, ten, 10 makes sense um, for in the football scheduling. You have a close schedule at set every year. Um, you're good to go, and you, then once you get to 12, I mean, you got a true round robin at 10. Once you get to 12, then you have split conference champions, and then you ask, you question, should we just go to two divisions, and then it gets more complicated. 10, a 10-team conference is, is just about the perfect number. So I would say that they would probably look to stay at 10. Um, you would think that if they were proactive in inviting Glendale and Kickapoo, that if they were looking to go further than that, they would have already. Is the Ozark Mountain an option for either one of those, uh, any of those four Ozark Conference teams, if needed? Or are they too big? Uh, I, again, I haven't heard. Wait, you got to think they're probably too big. But I say that they invited Neosho, and Neosho had their classified enrollments around eleven hundred. They're, I mean, they're right in line. They're probably bigger than Camdenton, right in line with Lebanon. Uh, Waynesville is a little bit uh, bigger than them. They're a class six football school, but I would, I would think it would be unlikely. Um, I, I would see scheduling. I could see a scheduling partnership essentially, if if it did come to pass that the Ozark Mountains like Bolivar could schedule Camdenton and Waynesville and Rolla and fill out their schedule. So you could still see them pop up on schedules, but I I, I don't think the size makes a lot of sense for uh, be, being full conference members. So do you think uh, there's more to come on all this, and, and maybe even some of the smaller schools are, are kind of waiting to see how it all plays out? I think we're. I think this is the last domino. Uh, I think figuring out whether whether or not the COC is adding to and the OMC is adding to. I think it's. I think it's the last domino. The small schools um, are pretty set. The Big Eight. They released a statement saying they're staying at nine. They're good staying at nine. Um, the SCA out out there east of town. It's it's not going to change. It's a tradition rich conference. Um, the Southwest Conference. They seem pretty solid as well. So. And then the Mid Lakes, obviously, pulling in Catholic, Hollister, and Reed Spring. They've got themselves to eight. They seem happy there, and they're all within a decent amount of size of each other. So I would say this is kind of the last last of this round of realignment that we're looking at. Very good. It is football district time, the most wonderful time of the year. For you, that means every night somebody's done for the year. So you're paring down the number of teams you cover from that on, and they just get better as you go deeper. Um do we have any potential state champions in high school football? I know that Marionville's number one in Class One. We got our Lamar and Seneca. You know, Nix is hanging in there in, there in the top five. What do you see um, maybe this time next month? Who's still around? 
Well, I mean, it's going to start with, uh, we can start at the top. I mean, Nixa is unbeaten, uh, but the Class 6 is such, I mean, it's a different, once you get to the state playoffs, the Class 6 is a completely different animal. It, with this, the, every, the St. Louis schools and those Kansas City schools that have all this extreme high-level FBS-type talent. Uh, but, I mean, Nixa's is, got a program going. I, they, they play together, they play well, and the biggest thing that they have going for them is, they can control the game on both the offensive and defensive lines, and you're not you can't compete at the state level unless you start right there and do that. Um, so Nixa, I I'm picking them to win their district, and then that kicks into the quarterfinals where they're probably looking at Lee Summit North, and you win that game. Um, Lee Summit North has been number one basically all season in our state rankings or in the Missouri state rankings. Nixa wins that game, then there's no reason they shouldn't be on the short list of state champions. Um, you drop down to class five. Uh, it's a, it's a class that we've had success, a lot of success in, uh, over the last several years. Carthage won a couple of years back there. Uh, Web City, since they moved up, they've been very good in that class. And, uh, for me, the district championship, uh, like, if seeds hold that caveat, the district championship to watch would be is 11 in Republic. If the see, if the ones and the twos all get there, that's a heck of a game and a real, you know, that litmus test COCOC. Uh, but Lebanon, again, like I started with Nixa, Lebanon controls the line of scrimmages, controls the ball, plays a type of football, just like Web City, that travels well this time of year. And then Web City, they actually go on a different way from Lebanon. They're, um, so I, I, don't, I don't believe that they would actually have to see each other until a, uh, the state semifinal. So we could have an all-local state semifinal. You drop down to... Class four, um, we're a little bit leaner there this year after all the restructuring. Um, a bunch of our better teams like moved up, and Nevada is the top ranked there. They're in a very tough conference with a couple of teams who had to vacate wins, so that district seedings are all a little bit off from what you would think. You, you may see some upsets in that district. Uh, class three, uh, again, Seneca has looked amazing this year. Um, they, I, I can't. I can't think of a Class 3 team that has probably played a tougher schedule than Seneca, and so they're definitely prepared and ready to to take on all comers in that class. Um, when you look at the number one team there, Blair Oaks, um, they're always a load. And then Ava is a 9-0. and They're one of the last unbeaten in that entire class. And SCA football, again, both, both Seneca and Ava control the line, can run the ball. Lamar's been at number one in class. Class 2 is where everything changed the most with the way they're doing classifications now, making class one smaller. Uh, the class two, it's, it's an impossible. There, there are a bunch of teams that are, have one loss this year that aren't even considered in the state pool because of the top nine in the state rankings, they have two losses total among the top nine. And one of them is Lamar who's ranked number one. Um, so really anything could happen there. Cause you got a lot of the traditional powers like East Buchanan, and Adrian, who've moved up to make that class even deeper and even more difficult. Uh, Fair Grove is kind of my dark horse because they they break to the other side of Lamar. So the way the bracket sets up this year with Fair Grove in four and Lamar in five, District five, we could actually see a Lamar Fair Grove state championship game if it got that far. Wow. Um, and then yeah, it's so it, it really got Fair Grove got the break they they've been looking for for a while because they've played in seven or eight state district title games. And of those seven or eight, I think they've lost to Lamar in six or so of them. So it's uh, it was a very fortunate break. And then Marionville's been the last undefeated team in Class 1, uh, but Portageville's in their district. And 
for me, that's probably a potential state championship game. Portersville is a very good team. Uh, they beat an unbeaten Class 2 New Metric New County Central last week by 40 or so. They're like 43 to nothing. So um, there's some quality there. But that's kind of a rundown of who who's who's competing where. Yeah, and kind of getting back to that Class 6, uh, you know, it's been very rare that we got a Nixa-Kickapoo football matchup. Do you see Kickapoo beating Joplin in that uh, semifinal and setting that up? Well, that's uh, well, Scott. Right, that that right there. If Republic Levin would be my most interesting uh, potential state or district uh, championship matchup, that one is the one I've got circled for a district semifinal. I we're going to make picks, and I don't know how to pick that one. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, Joplin's got all the talent in the world, but uh, Kickapoo just plays such such strong defense and plays within themselves so well that. Um, I really wouldn't know how to pick it, to be honest with you. I, I, it could go either way. That uh, And I'm not sure how they're set up now. I, I don't know if it's odd even or what they do, but if we, if we get a Knicks-Lee uh, Summit North game, wh- which place would that be? That one should be – they are 6-5. That'd be at Nixa. At Nixa. So, nice. Yeah, yeah, so with all the districts this year, it's an odd number year, so – top of the bracket hosts and then after that they go to for for the quarterfinals and then after that you go to the who's hosted more and all that stuff very good so well if if i held a gun to your head which i promise i won't and you had to predict on how many and who might be hoisting a state championship trophy from our area who you got i like i like i like the small i like lamar and i like lamar and marionville to be honest with you um Class 5 has Cardinal Ritter at the top. They're really good. Class 4, Smithville, and Lutheran North are both incredible. And that Blair Oaks program is tough to beat. Seneca would probably be the other one I, I would see potentially making a run to a title game, but Blair Oaks is going to be a uh, tough one to beat. And then Class 6 is just so deep and strong that uh, there's probably legitimately six teams who could win there, six, six, seven. Um, so it would be, it'd be, it's tough to come out on top of that class. If you do, you're the best team. You're, you're probably the best team in the state, in my opinion. Well, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but there are other sports this fall besides football going on, um, since you have to cover literally every one of them. <laughs> uh, tell us about uh, – let's start with state softball. What do we got there this weekend coming into town? Uh, the area is down to one team, and that's Mooresville. And uh, we had Willard, Willard Nevada – Camden uh, and Cassville all made the quarterfinals. All four of them lost. So yeah, Morrisville is Morrisville Marion Sierra is carrying the uh, torch for the area. They play Jamestown uh, starting to uh, schedule for Friday. We'll see what the weather does, and uh, if they win that on Friday, they'll advance to the state title game on Saturday. If they lose their semifinal, they'll play the third place game that night. So that's kind of the only Southwest Missouri interest um, at the state softball tournament. Boys soccer. What are we looking at there this fall? Boys soccer, um, Ozark appears to be the class of our bigger class. They are a district host and the uh, uh, top uh, tops in the COC. They've basically beaten all comers in the area. Uh, Glendale has moved up this year uh, to class four, so that was kind of a big change um, with that with that move because they've been, you know, our standard bearer to be honest with you in class three for the last several years. So it's kind of opened the door for some other teams to maybe compete in there. And, uh, yeah, Camdenton, Camdenton and the Catholic are the top two seeds there um, in Class 3, our local Class 3 district. Rogersville in Class 2, unbeaten this year, 20-0. Um, they are 
probably looking at like the power rankings that the coaches put out, Rogersville is probably our best chance at a state champion uh, based on because the Missouri Soccer Coaches Association they do a whole thing with like basically like BCS rankings. They take results and strength of victory and all that. And Rogersville has consistently been the highest rated team uh, for Southwest Missouri. Um, so they, they look like they are probably the class. And then uh, Fair, Fairgrove is really the last Springfield area team, the 10 class one, and they are the, they're the three seed in their district. So um, that's kind of a line out of what soccer looks like. Do we have a potential state volleyball champion? I, I saw my, my buddy Dan Evans has Clever on quite a roll now too, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, we absolutely – we have – multiple opportunities for uh, state volleyball champions. I mean, starting starting the night where I'm heading up to Waynesville because Ozark and Kickapoo are playing their district championship at Waynesville. Um, make it make sense. Uh, the, the, the Going all the way up there, when yeah. it's going to gonna hurt the crowds, um, it, which I, I was hoping that they were going to move it closer so more crowds could be there like they did with last Saturday. Um, Web City and Carl Junction were to play a district volleyball championship in Branson, and they decided to move it to McDonald County, Anderson. And uh, a lot of the a lot of the communities, both communities, are very happy about that move. Um, but they're they're playing at Waynesville tonight, and the winner of that will get Blue Spring South at Blue Spring South. And uh, you know, again, at, at the kind of like with football at the class six level, there no nobody gets there by accident. Um, so there's really a potential for anybody. Uh, Web City, uh, they won in their they won their district, but I honestly think our best chance is probably down in Class Two. Uh, Fairgrove is currently sitting. They um, they won their district last night, and they're thirty one and one this year. Um, just incredible. A lot of the same girls who helped them win a state basketball title are back for this volleyball team, and they're on a crazy good two year run. Where last year they went thirty and two. So over the last two years, they are sixty one three and six. Wow. Um, just just an incredible incredible run going for the Fairgrove Athletic Program. And yet you alluded to Dan Evans in Class 3. Um, what an incredible uh, job he's done taking over for this year after he retired for, and then they got him right back out of retirement. Uh, honestly, some of their biggest competition is going to be Mountain Grove and Nevada to get to the Final Four. Mountain Grove's 25-4 and four this year. They won a district championship last year and fell on the road – or fell to – uh, Mount Vernon or, or Nevada, I believe it was, and uh, just uh, couldn't quite get over the hump. But they got a couple of really good high-level volleyball players, and then down in Class One, Galena, they've got one of the better. At, Galena and Jasper are both one-loss teams. Galena thirty-three one and one, while Jasper, which is out there, kind of the Lamar area, Lamar Nevada, they're thirty-four one and one, and so you could potentially have thirty-three and one versus thirty-four and one in a quarterfinal. And they've got two of the better small school athletes, and honestly, better athletes in in in, in the area. In Crystal Smith for Jasper, she is a state champion high jumper, really great basketball player, and just a game changer on the volleyball court. And Galena has Keisha Walter, who uh, she would she would be she'd be playing for any team in Southwest Missouri, and it, it's just not a class one thing. So there, either one of those teams could represent Southwest Missouri with a state title. Wow! And, and Dan Evans, by the way, has retired more times than Sugar Ray Leonard in his boxing career too and and come out of retirement so congratulations to dan to keep getting it done down there at clever i can't believe they're a class three school clever um yeah it, it, it was weird to see rogersville and bolivar competing with strafford and clever in the same district yeah yeah that doesn't make sense but uh 
couple other uh, fall sports I want to touch on. Girls golf. I know Paige Bowman uh, came away as a, a state medalist out of Glendale, correct? What, any other uh, highlights there in girls golf? Yeah, yeah. Paige had a really, really good um, two days there um, and came away leading Glendale to and finishing tied for first, and they both get first. So she shot a 75-73. Um, and then Josie Roberts was fourth in class four. Uh, Nevada had a Nevada's uh, Emery Cameron committed to Louisville last week. She's only a junior, and she went 67-67 oh. um, to, to just dominate and showed why that she is a high-level ACC-level uh, golfer uh, going back-to-back 67, shot a 10-under um, for, tur- for the tournament. Just an incredible two days for her. Uh, New Covenant, Savannah Fessing, uh, was aiming for a, th- a third state title, came up just came up one stroke short um, in her senior season. She finishes with two state championships and a runner-up this year uh, for New Covenant. And then over in Class 1, we actually had a tie for the championship with Riley Allred from Ash Grove, tying with Cameron Wood from Liberty Mountain View. And the interesting thing with Liberty Mountain View there is this is their first year for a girls' golf program. So <laughs> one year, one champion. There you go. Um, I know girls tennis. Did we did we get kind of shut out of that? I know Nixon won a district, I believe, didn't they? But did we have anybody go far? Yeah the the farthest was the only team we had at the uh, final four uh, in Southwest Missouri was Thomas Jefferson um, down there in uh, at the Joplin area, uh-huh. and they they took a third or fourth. Um, they did not win it, um, so that was kind of our best finisher there. Um, we had we had some individuals. Um, do pretty well, but nobody nobody won state. Um, several places across all classes, but we didn't have any finalists. And then cross country, uh, that's coming up soon, isn't it? The finals of that. Yeah, we have district this Saturday. Um, Nixa is hosting a double district, and Lamar's hosting a triple district. And uh, the Nixa boys, um, they are a definite threat to win to to admit, to push for a state championship. They might. They're probably the deepest team that I've covered. Um, in cross country in my 10, 11 years here, um, they had their, one of their JV runners at conference went 1635. Um, that, that's going to be top three on most any other team in Southwest Missouri. And he was their number eight guy. Um, they're, they're looking at running 20, 25 deep under 18 minutes or 19 minutes. It's a insanely, insanely deep group. And, uh, uh, one of our athletes, uh, athlete of the week from Republic, Gracie Truster. She is a just an incredible runner. She's she's hands down the best Southwest Missouri uh, girls runner. So those are kind of the top top end teams that I'm watching. But we we typically do well throughout all classes. I'm all the way down to Hermitage in Class One for the boys. They're looking to repeat as state champs. Um, so there, there's talent up and down um, classes one through five. Very good. And before we let you go, I know we'll talk more about it uh, this winter, but uh, kind of give us a sneak peek at high school basketball. Who are we watching in boys and girls uh, this this winter? You know, I'm keeping my keeping my eyes on the usual suspects. I big, the big one for me is honestly Fair Grove. Uh, for the girls, I, they bring I think they should have everybody back except for Cameron Green, who was kind of their uh, who was their who was their top player. Um, and but they have to have a new coach. But that new coach is a veteran in Gary Green, and he knows everything uh, Fairgrove can do because he coached the Mansfield girls last year, who played against Fairgrove in the state quarterfinals. Um, so they're great. Um, looking forward to looking forward to seeing kind of some of the new names who who can step up after the graduation of some really really high level athletes. And um, you know Central um, 
they've they've added Tyreek Brooks from Waynesville. Um, you remember Tyreek Brooks was runner up in the Bass Pro Tournament of Champions Dunk Contest last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, so they've they've got a high quality uh, basketball program over there, and I mean it's proven why they're getting invited to everything they are. And then if you go way way out to the very eastern edge of the viewing area, the Thayer Boys bring back everything. For uh, for my money, Thayer the Thayer Boys basketball team could be the best team in southwest Missouri. And they're they're scheduling like it. They're opening up playing at a big St. Louis tournament, St. Louis area tournament. They're they're normally in the Kabul holiday tournament they've gotten out of that to really beef up their schedule. So they are really they're really uh state championship or bust out there. Nobody does it better than Chris Parker of the Ozark Sports Zone. Chris, certainly appreciate your time and try to get some sleep at some point before May, okay? No, I'll give it a go. Very good. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Time for our Scott's Thoughts segment. Of course, it's a chance for me to uh, wrap up the podcast with some uh, thoughts and ramblings and musings about things in the sports world. Uh, At this taping, the Texas Rangers are in the World Series and trying to figure out who they're going to play, either the Phillies or the Diamondbacks. Uh, That game is uh, Tuesday night, tonight, so uh, the Rangers are waiting an opponent. Uh, Nice to see Texas in there. I think it's good to get the new teams in the – in the finals, the newer teams that haven't been in in a while. It's been a while for Texas, a uh, fun team to watch. It will be a painful reminder for St. Louis Cardinal fans of what could have been, maybe, uh, the fact that Adolis Garcia, the uh, Texas slugger, big key to their offense and an outfielder, is one of the stars for that uh, team and has been on a complete tear here in the uh, playoffs for the Rangers. Of course, he was a Cardinals uh, minor league prospect, Spent a lot of time here in Springfield playing, and the Cardinals basically gave him up for next to nothing uh, a few years back. So it'll be um, a painful reminder for the Cardinal fans watching Adolis Garcia tear up uh, somebody's pitching staff. Also, Jordan Montgomery will be a key pitcher for the uh, Rangers in the uh, World Series. Former Cardinals player, uh, they uh, let him go at, at the trade deadline uh, for some prospects. Uh, didn't feel like they could re-sign him in the offseason Yet here's a guy that would have been a great uh, key figure, um, you know, part of that rotation for the Cardinals next season if they could have come up with the uh, dollar amount. So uh, I'm going to pick the Rangers uh, in seven games regardless of who they're facing. I think it'll be a a fun series. Kind of hoping that it's Philadelphia because I think if you've got those two offenses going at it, we're going to see a lot of 12-11 to type games uh, in that series with the bats that the uh, Phillies bring as well. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I did not know if you've heard this, but they are a thing. Uh, when will it stop? That's what uh, football fans are wondering. The NFL loves it because it's bringing a whole new fan base in to figure out who the heck this Kelsey guy is. Um, <clears throat> interesting stats were shown on the screen this weekend of the uh, Chargers game showing uh, Travis Kelsey's uh, numbers, stats, with and without T-Swift in attendance. And believe it or not, he plays better when she's there. So if you're a Chiefs fan, I think you better just bite your tongue and be okay with the fact that she's probably going to show up uh, at most games the rest of the way, and that's a good thing for the Kansas City offense um, when she's in there with Mrs. Mahomes and they're coming up with new uh, celebration de- uh, dances and, and gestures of their own. So if you don't like the uh, nonstop coverage and the crowd shots uh, of Taylor Swift at the, the uh, Chiefs games, I'd say you probably just need to shake it off. Be sure to play the Guess the Chiefs score contest on the AroundTheOzarks.com website for your chance each week to win Chiefs tickets and autographed prizes. I've got some cool stuff on there. 
All you've got to do is go on and enter your predicted score for the uh, the game that week. Of course, this Sunday will be the Chiefs at Denver, so get online and, and get your entry in. And if you like this podcast, we are now on all the popular podcast platforms like Apple, Google, and Spotify. And, of course, we encourage you to download the Around the Ozarks app so you can sample all the great content and podcasts for your listening pleasure. That'll do it for this week's Around the Ozarks sports scene. Thanks for listening.